Hello, good afternoon, Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast and video series where we talk about digital marketing and tactics to help grow your business. Today on the show, I am very happy to uh, recognize and have on the show Carl Fremont, CEO of Quigley Simpson. Carl, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Michael. Absolutely. You know, we were talking a little bit before we got on air and you were kind of sharing some stories about your background, 40 years in marketing, really with an emphasis on direct to consumer. You've done some incredible campaigns with brands such as Chase, Marriott, South Beach Diet. I mean, you've really had your your hands on some significant brands and, and how they have really reached and connected with their uh, consumer. So today's topic of our episode is going to be finding the sweet spot between brand and demand. So let's dive in. Um, you know, you've been working on this concept for a while. Let's let's unpack this for the listeners. Great, love to. Uh, so as we all know, uh, and this has been certainly accelerated in the last year because of the pandemic, but brands are trying to figure out the conundrum between investing and building a brand's association with their consumers and driving short-term demand, driving revenue. And it's always been, through my 40 years of working in this, we've always looked to achieve the right balance between that, not only in investments and how much I invest in that brand, but also in the communications, what I say and how I say it in the advertising. And achieving that, and I'm sure your listeners are probably nodding their head and think, yes, I'm trying to figure out what is that right balance between building my brand, not just awareness, but building my brand's association with a consumer, that that brand is right for them, resonates with them, to driving short-term demand and revenue. What does that balance actually look like? That's what we believe is the sweet spot, and we're, we're very maniacally focused. So when we think about what do you think is the, you know, we talked about this earlier too as well. I feel like there's a mistake that brands often make. They get the cart before the horse uh, when it comes to the brand. And do you, what, what do you think about that as far as that consumer centric, um, you know, idea? Is it real or is it, is it a facade? You know, Michael, it's absolutely real. You know, and it's a cliche to say putting the consumer at the center, but it really is true. You know, it all starts with understanding who are you marketing to? What are the different segments? And, and realizing that's a very diverse group. It's a very diverse group with different needs, with different uh, wants and different backgrounds that they come. So it all starts with understanding that consumer, with leveraging the data you have especially your own data, first party data, and diving deep into it to understand who is my, who is buying my product? Who is the consumer? What is going to motivate them to take an action? And that's where we spend a great deal of our time, is understanding that deep knowledge of what motivates and moves a consumer. And certainly at, at Quigley Simpson, that's been our background, has been really understanding that consumer and what motivates it to take an action. 
Yeah, I, I agree, Carl. I think you know one of the one of the tactics that brands can deploy to really understand who their customer is today and and what their worldview is today because how they how they view the world and 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 what's important to them you know is changing and it has and it, and it continues to evolve and change and i think one of the tactics that's that's often forgotten is creating opportunities where you ask a question whether it's on a social media post or whether it's in a survey format or you know whatever it is, but to get people to comment and that in and of itself to get the the qualitative information to to create that profile. Yeah, we can get data points on they clicked on this or they visited here, but when you get the comment, the qualitative data that comes out of that really can inform that creativity which then applied to the data allows you to kind of move forward in understanding with empathy of who they are. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, a good place to obviously start is your own data and looking at the behaviors that you have on consumers. And it, it always, uh, it's, I'm always curious as to the brands say they don't have data. They do because they're, if you are actively engaging with a consumer on a website, mobile apps, you've got data on them. It's synthesizing the data. It's understanding the data and what's most important uh, about that consumer and their behavior that you're going to leverage and use. Now, if you, do, if you don't have a lot of first-party data and you're kind of starting out, you're a new brand, well, where do you go? How do you get that? you know, information and, and data, um, you know, which we're often asked. And as we know, with uh, cookies going away, you can't rely on cookies to get that information and to get that data. So you're looking at building profiles and, and IDs other ways, you know, through other actions rather than only a cookie. But it really starts with starting to build that unique consumer ID to really understand the dimensions. And I work with many companies that are very siloed, big brands, tremendous brands that have a lot of data within the organization, but they just don't know how to unlock it. Mm -hmm. It is sitting in different silos throughout the organization, and they don't necessarily come together to discuss uh, how to leverage and how to utilize all that data. So that's really, uh, it's shocking, but a lot of organizations silo off different data. And the part of the reason is there are different people in charge of it. But one of the first things that we always recommend to brands that have a lot of data, a lot of first party data, but sitting in different silos is to come together and share what information you have there. In some cases, they're sitting on different platforms in different systems. So that's a uh, part of the process is to migrate the data together. And uh, again, it, it's done so with a consumer centric view, but also a marketing view of how do I leverage what's there for marketing purposes. Carl, you said something that I, I want to kind of circle back on for a minute, because I, I think a lot of, of marketing 
you know, professionals think of your traditional, you know, sort of funnel of awareness, consideration, conversion, and you introduce the word association there. And, and I don't know that that's as widely, you know, thought of, why don't you kind of spend a little minute there and, and, and peel that back yeah. a little bit. That's great. Uh, you know, again, many uh, brands feel it's about awareness. It's about top of mind awareness. But especially for the biggest brands, there is awareness. So it's not about just brand awareness. It's about association of that brand to me. And think of all of us. We're all consumers every day. And when we think about brands, we think about it as, is it right for me? Is that brand right for me? Does it have the benefits, the core benefits that I'm looking for? Does it, uh, do I espouse increasingly um, what's important for brands? The values that a brand has, that the corporation have, are increasingly important. Consumers are thinking not just about the features and benefits of a brand, but what do you stand for? What does the brand stand for? And that's all part of the association. Is that brand right for me? Does it have the benefits, uh, the features? Does it, does it represent my own core values and what's important to me? And as you and I know, Michael, that was not part of the landscape, you know, years, a few years ago. That's more of a recent thing that consumers are saying, what does that brand really stand for? Do I espouse to it? And we're going to see more and more, I believe, of that. And that's part of the brand association. And if you believe that uh, you're living in a more short-term focused environment and you need to be focused on driving demand, driving the performance and short-term revenue without building that brand esteem and association, you're going to hit a wall. All brands will. So that's where finding that balance and that sweet spot between building that brand's association and driving the demand need to come together. And uh, as you and I were talking about before, you have to have an organization that's set up for it. And not, not every organization is. And what do I mean by that? Many organizations are set up in, in silos. And there's a brand team and there's a revenue team and, and a, uh, a acquisition team. And then there's a CRM team. And the consumer experience at all the touch points of that brand are not connected. So what I experience about that brand initially and connect to the brand doesn't necessarily always follow through on the, when I'm asking you to take an action and reminding you of it to building that relationship over time. How much are you threading that all the way through? And I still see organizations that are very siloed and they don't take a necessarily a, uh, a vertical view, meaning from all parts of the touch point, how do they have a seamless, connected consumer experience to one that is very siloed out in those dimensions of brand and demand and then building the relationship over time? Yeah, Carl, you know, I, I can reflect back on my, uh, you know, I like to say I got my PhD in marketing with the 10 years that I spent in the automotive industry. And you want to talk about a siloed industry. There's so much data that is collected on the sales side, but that is 
pales in comparison to the data on the service side because on the service side they're seeing those clients four or five times a year whereas in sales they're only seeing them one to four times you know like every four years right and so in a 10-year time period they may see them twice maybe three times if they're in a lease and so the data there between those you want to talk about silos those are huge massive silos you know and and you know i spent so much time with in the service area of automotive because that's where there was so much data about where do they go what are their behavior what are their likes what are they doing what are they getting ready for what trips are they taking you know what what brands like there's so much information there was literally information in the car like they like gucci bags or they you know they like um you know what brand of golf clubs do they like like all this information you know and that was old school stealth marketing information you know what i mean and, and michael as we know advancements in the internet of things and connected lives you know your car is going to be connected to your home is going to be connected to your other devices you know whether they're wearables or not your phone we're, we're going to have more access to data data points than ever you know obviously we need to protect privacy through the whole process but we're going to have a lot of access to information and data and in my opinion if you don't leverage it and use it to have a better consumer experience you, you're you're wasting you're wasting your efforts yep and that i think also in our industry if we if we respect privacy but use it in a way all that data to provide more relevant uh information more relevant brand experiences we won't have as much consumer backlash because it will be relevant communications and relevant information absolutely all right we have we have spent a lot of time peeling back unpacking this sort of the brand component and, and we've kind of dabbled a little bit in on the demand side let's really focus now on how a company an organization you know once they have that foundational success they understand the consumer they understand what what motivates them when we go in demand let's talk about where are the high points where do i need to really focus my attention when it comes to that component uh and how it meets there, there in the sweet spot yeah absolutely and, and again it's connecting the dots from the, the consumer experience that they have initially from content to on the website on mobile site that's gonna be seamless all the way through to demand, to when you're asking them to take an action, to become a customer, to buy something. So on that side, once you've built that harmonious experience and connected experience, then you're really looking at driving performance and value. And I've always had a, a, a term that I've used about acquiring with the intent to keep and keeping with the intent to profit. And I believe. Okay, hold on. You need to back up and say that really slowly because that is brilliant. I love it. Say it again. So acquiring someone with the acquiring with the intent to keep and keeping them with the intent to profit from them over time. So many marketers will stop at that first point, acquiring 
with the, you know, with the intent to just keep them. And they don't think about how they're building the relationship over time and building profit over time and increasing the value. And we all know that if you're buying more and shopping more, simple proposition, and you're spending more, then you're more valuable. And that means I need to find more of those valuable people up front that I can bring in because I could afford more to acquire the valuable customers. And too many brands in my 40-year experience have, have cut off acquisition because of a cost per acquisition cost that doesn't reflect the true value of a consumer. So actually, you're, you're cutting off your business growth because you're not focused on the value that someone's providing over time. And then I can afford more if I am driving more profit and more revenue from you. And we all know that the best customers are those that I've already acquired. So why don't I try, why don't I work that relationship more and get you to take more action, get you to become an ambassador, get you to mm. become an influencer for my brand. That's what you need to be thinking about, not just driving in in the front end of this, but then keeping them and getting them to become loyal and become advocates. And that's where the silo mentality in many organizations come in, where there's a budget for brand and a team that works on the brand that doesn't connect to the acquisition. And then there's another team responsible for the loyalty. And they're not coming together and they're not sharing data and they're not looking at it from a more value creation and a lifetime value creation. So I urge everybody who is listening to think about it, not in silos, but connecting it all the way through and providing consumer value all the way through that gets you to become not just a customer, but a loyal customer who becomes your advocate. You know, Carl, I, I think the other thing I, I can't help but to, to you know, bring up again, take, going back to uh, the automobile industry, when you talk about investing in, in, in customers that are yours, that have purchased from you, um, you know, manufacturers give dealers huge money on the back end. And many times some dealers take that money and they literally put it right down to price and drive the price down for the car to do what? To sell more cars. Other dealers, other dealers take that money and put it in profit. And that is really short-sighted because what you just said was, if I create more value, I recreate a cycle. I'm, I'm emphasizing that, that, you know, retention of coming back again and again. We see this in the grocery industry too. You have all these coupons, all these manufacturers are kicking back money, you know, to the grocers and, and some grocers take it and they pocket it. Others, they put it in the price and they drive the price down. So you're right. It marketing will, if you are a bad brand, marketing will expose your bad brand if you're bad, exactly. you know? Exactly. And, and the examples you said, especially in the car dealership, we all know that there's, there's an aftermarket in, in, in any kind of uh, auto, uh, auto marketing, auto business. It's in the service side and they make money there. 
So, but we're living in a very short-term world right now that, again, has been accelerated by the pandemic. And the urge, totally understandable, to drive short-term revenue uh, by focusing on price and not value is a, is a mistake in the long term. And it takes those brave brands and those brave leaders who will say that I need to create the right balance between brand and demand. And I need to find that right balance that will build value and profit over time. And it's, it does take bravery because it is so much easier to focus directly on just driving short-term revenue and getting you in and taking an action and then optimizing that rather than having a holistic view of the consumer from building that brand's association that will build a, a long-term loyal customer that will end with you and be loyal to you over time. And unfortunately, I think we've gotten away from that because again, of this short-term world and the benefits of digital and automation and technology are fantastic. Again, you know, I would never have imagined that 40 years ago, the acceleration of automation, but there's the downside of that. And the downside of that is we've gotten addicted to the short-term fix and the short-term world of, of revenue and not looking at it in the longer term. And that's what I hope and the message to anyone that's out there listening is let's look at it from a consumer experience. Let's connect brand and the performance and build loyalty and over time that will drive greater value to your company. You know, Carl, the last point I want to make real quick and, I, and I'll let you kind of sum this up, but I think that when you find the sweet spot, between brand and demand, it should really paint a very clear picture as to what your unique value proposition actually is. What is your, what do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's what at Quigley Simpson, you know, we've been focused on that's, that's our value proposition uh, for Quigley Simpson is understanding that sweet spot, but knowing that if I invest in the brand, I will create longer term value. And it's finding that sweet spot, which we put such great emphasis on with understanding the consumer first, building those insights, leveraging the data that we have access to and, and building that customer centricity that will take you all the way from building a strong brand association to acquiring you and and creating value over time and that's what i hope that everyone takes from this excellent carl thank you so much uh one last little plug selfish plug for yourself how can people find out more about you and, and more about what your firm is doing sure yeah thank you and uh please visit our website uh quigley simpson.com uh, a lot of what we talk about, the first thing you'll see is branded demand and what we call our superpowers. So please visit that. Uh, my LinkedIn profile, uh, Carl Fremont, and certainly anyone, I'd love to hear from you at Carl with a C, F, at QuigleySimpson.com. 
So thank you, Michael. It's an absolute pleasure. Yep. Talk to you for another hour. <laughs> I know. I appreciate it. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in today. Again, my name is Michael Wynn. I'm the Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Have a great weekend, and I hope you have a strong start to your Monday. We'll see you next time.